Welcome to Sports Talk with R&J. I'm your host, Steve Risser, along with my co-host, Justin D'Onofrio. And it is official. We are going to have baseball. Uh, not the way the owners and players want it, but we're going to have it. Because on uh, Monday, the uh, players rejected the, uh, last, the last proposal by the owners to play a 60-game season. But as a result of that, of what was in the uh, in the March 26th agreement, and the players agreed to this, that Rob Manford can, could implement a, a, a any season that he wanted onto the players if they couldn't come up with a, an agreement, and that's exactly what Rob Manford did. The the they are, he implemented a 60 game season that that that, that the teams are going to play, and uh, and looking at uh, looking at what's going to happen during the 60 game season, and, and and I think the one thing I don't like is the games. I think. You know, the play, with what's been going on in our country, the players and owners could have agreed to play at least 80, 80 82 games this year. I'm happy baseball is coming back. I think that this this kind of this could save Rob Manford's job having a 60 game season. But they could have they could have done this. They, they could have done they could have had 80 or 82 games, in my opinion. But to look at what how the season is going to be, uh, no expanded playoffs, which is something I like. I like the fact that all all the things are pretty much of it. I kind of outside of the games. Everything else I like. I like the fact there's no expanded playoffs. You still have 10 teams make the playoffs. Uh, I like. I really like the fact there's a universal DH. I've been a proponent of getting rid of the DH in uh, in the National League for years. I think it's it's, it's old school baseball. It's not entertaining baseball uh, unless you're Madison Bumgarner. The pitcher is pretty much an automatic out. Yeah, you get that great moment when Bartolo Colon hit a home run like four years ago, but still, most of the time the pitcher is pretty much an automatic out. So I like the fact they're having a universal DH. And this is something traditionalists are going to absolutely hate, but I actually like, I like the fact they're putting a runner on second base to start extra innings because I think it definitely would be more entertaining to the game. Now, one thing I don't know is I don't think if you put that runner on second base, that should go against the relievers ERA. I think that should go against their ERA. If you did, that, that run should go against their ERA. I do like but I do like the fact that they're going to second base. It's like the minor leagues have done. You know, you know, problem with baseball is, is at times. Some of these, it's, it's really a 15 or 16 inning game or 17 inning game. Very exciting. No. If they're going to go extra innings, just have it go 10, 11 innings max. Then you have all you want from the game. You go, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 innings. Fans, fans start leaving. And it, it, it start leaving, and you take the excitement away from what was a great game. So I, I do like, and I used to, I see Vinny uh, commenting saying he doesn't like the extra inning rule. I can see how traditionalists don't like that extra inning rule, and I, I, I know one thing. I think Joe probably hates that extra inning rule, but in a way, I like it because if you're going to have a great game that goes extra innings, get the game over with in ten or eleven innings. Don't have it drag on and go like you know fourteen, fifteen, sixteen innings. So I like that rule as well. What are your thoughts on the new proposal, Justin? Yeah, it was inter- I was very surprised that both um, parties came to agreement here. I just thought this was going to continue on until whenever. Um, I'll start with the extra inning rule because, um, you know, they're, yeah, they're with you, there's definitely pros and cons to it. One of the, you know, big pros is so you, you don't have these 16, 17 uh, inning games because those, you know, those don't get over 2, 3 in the morning. Nobody's ever there left. It just, yeah. it gets, you just want a winner. Like you're just and, and, and I know selfishly in our job, we can't stand those because there, oh, there are times where we've been working, I've been working Yankee games, and you've been working Red Sox games where the game takes forever. We don't get home till like 3 or 4 in the morning. I've had a bunch of those when I've worked Yankee games. Yeah, I've had a couple of those Red Sox ones last year, and I, I'm not a big fan of those. So, um, 
it I you know I do kind of I you know there's pros and cons. It's gonna be weird, but it makes sense. I do like the universal DH. I will miss the pitchers hitting because I do like watching Madison Bumgarner and you know the Bartolo Colon moment. You know those are gonna be fun. Um, I see Joe does. Yeah, I see Joe's comments. A terrible <laughs> idea, but. All right, you want to say it's a terrible idea, but don't be complaining when the game goes, you know, 15, 16 innings and the game won't end. I mean, this is a new era idea, a new, kind of a new gener- a generational idea where they don't want games going to the sixth, to the to the 14th and 15th inning. That happens. That happens a lot, and and fans leave let leave the game early. Would you really want to, as a fan, leave a game, a really good game? In the in the uh, because it goes for uh, fourteen or fifteen innings, I I think that I think it's the the, the run should not go against the pitcher's ERA, the bull, the reliever's ERA. I agree with that, but I think it's a better way not to wear out pitching staffs, especially and, and because you're going to be playing a lot of games because because they could be playing sixty games in close to sixty days, so you're not wearing out pitching staffs. And I think that that it it does get the game over quicker, and I think it's it's more fan friendly to not have games take forever and go 14, 15, 16 innings. That, I know traditionalists can't stand it, but that rule, I don't mind right now at this point. I don't mind that rule. I don't mind it either. And I I remember, because um, the minor leagues, I've had this for a year or two. I remember last year the Yargos had one of these. And I think it was literally just two. I, um, I think Yargos bunted somebody over the third. And then I think they, they actually perfected, I think, the suicide squeeze, I believe. And they won it. So, um, so you, get, you know, kind of the – so, yeah, it makes uh, games go much, much quicker. So, it, it's going to be interesting. I, it's going to be very weird. And, it, you know, you're, you're going to see maybe a little bit of small – you're probably going to see some, maybe some small ball from this, depending where you are in the lineup from this. So, uh, kind of go – because we don't really see that much anymore. Um the other rules, you know, that um, universal DH is a good rule too. Because then you have someone like a Tanaka last year who, um, what, it strained his hamstring, strained a groin last year when he was running the first against the Mets. Like, he's, you know, um, he was out for a month. Like, you lose your pitcher for a month on something like that. It, so it does help. Um, it, I, I understand the expanded roster part here. I, because of, how many games are going to have to play so quickly? The 60 games, are, I think there's going to be some double headers. The one interesting thing about the expanded rosters too now is I think teams are going to be more uh, willing to call up some of these top uh, minor league arms or players because now you're not going to ta- um, get um, wear them down late. Because, you know, if they're started, you're only getting a max 12 starts a year, you know, within a five-man rotation. So you're not going to rack up innings. So that's kind of where I do like the expanded roster. So I'm actually kind of a fan of that. And just so you don't wear guys down for double headers and all that. Cause you know, who knows how many we're going to have to play. We haven't seen the whole schedule yet, but I don't mind the expanded rosters. I actually think it could be a good idea. Get some minor leaguers up and give them some um, time, you know, like in a short season like this, uh, it could be advantage to the younger guys. Yeah, and there might not be a minor league season because of everything that's been going on right now. There might not be a minor league season, but I kind of agree with Joe a little bit there about expanded rosters. Yeah, why reward lousy relievers for uh, for for yeah? I wouldn't reward lousy relievers or lousy players that don't deserve to be in the big leagues and put them in the big leagues. I mean, I, I mean, I I don't I don't 
I don't mind the expanded rosters, but I, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I'm kind of with Joe a little bit there, and I'm kind of with you there. I, I, I don't love the expanded, expanded rosters, but I don't hate the expanded rosters. But it's because, it, yeah, because you might need players. But in this stretch, you should be able to play with at least, you know, 25 to 30 guys, I think, in this stretch. Because you might have some off days. But, yeah, and, and part of me, yes, because of how many games you're playing, I am with you there, Justin, with expanded rosters. But I'm with Joe a little bit because you really don't want to re- reward guys that really don't belong in the big leagues. No, you don't. But, you know, also, too, it's interesting, too, now with this new rule that was supposed to be in, of the – um relievers have to go with the th- um at least phase three batters are finishing inning so i think because now you're not going to see any of these matchup things so y- y- you know where you only have a guy come in for one inning or for one batter and that's it to face like a lefty a lefty on lefty so you know who knows how many um relievers we could see but also one of the other thing is too how you know especially kind of towards the beginning here of the season how many man? You know how are the managers going to play out the pitching situation? Are we going to are we going to see managers give guys seven eight innings, or are we going to see a lot more five innings and that's it? I know that's that's something too where we could maybe see a little bit more bullpen. Oh, I think I think with the expanded rosters, you're going to see a lot more bullpen. Yeah. I mean, I think there could be times where you see just bullpen games. I mean, if you look at even the Yankees. Could you right now, I know Joe can, but could you name who their number five starter is going to be? We all know it's going to be, you know, it's going to be Paxton, uh, Tanaka, Cole, and Hap. But can you name the number five starter? It's it's, it's, it's hard to name because a lot of these teams are going to be playing bullpen games. I would say Montgomery, Hermione. Yeah, yeah, Montgomery, yeah. But, you know, um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we're definitely going to see something like that. which will be, you know, which, so, you know, I, which is probably the bad thing about the expanded rosters. I just, you know, I worry, worry about, you know, I, cause I, you know, I remember back when we first started talking about this, you know, a, a trainer or doctor was saying, you know, we're probably going to see a lot more Tommy Johns this year if guys um, have another spring training. So you definitely don't want that because we're seeing more and more, more of those and you don't really want to see that in the, um, short and season like this oh no no and we'll now we go we'll talk a little bit about where the trade deadline is that's in a that's in august that's august 31st and i don't know if there's really gonna be a lot of activity i don't know if they really should have a trade deadline with this short of a season i don't think there's gonna be a lot of activity at the trade deadline because with 30 games teams might not be completely out of it yet mm-hmm. so i i don't know how much activity there's gonna be at, at the trade deadline and and I, I, that's one thing I don't really like. I don't really like having a trade. I know, you know, teams with free agents want to get value for their players, but I don't think there is on August 31st. I don't think, I don't think really a trade deadline is really appropriate for a short season. No. And I, you know, going back to the trade value part, how many, how much value are you going to get for a guy that maybe you get for 30 games? Yeah. Like, um, like it's interesting. I, you know, I don't know how much value teams are going to get, for guy yeah, maybe you're gonna have for a month usually it's like two months now it's, it's only a month and you know you're right there's probably gonna be a lot more teams that are going to be in the race and in the finish towards the end so who you know some team may not want to give up their top guy so it it that's interesting yeah i'm not the i'm not a huge fan of that um and that you know and i you know too how many of these upcoming free agents are actually gonna play like the mookie bets of the world 
or the DJ, DJ LeMahieu's and even Jane Paxson are coming up next season. Because Paxton and Paxton's one that's interesting too, because you know he was hurt. He was supposed to be hurt to start the season. Now it seems like he's okay and ready to go. But he's a guy. You know, does he risk getting hurt again and losing big money? You're already with the shortened season. Teams aren't going to have as much money in the winter, anyways. So you're already losing some of that. And do the, do top of these guys afford have bat in like 220 and really losing a big payday in December? So that's interesting. To um, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen with some of these upcoming free agents? Are they gonna just sit out this year and ju- and just wait, or do they actually try and you know, or would they have a good enough season and get paid what they want? Good point. This we've been talking about. This we've been talking about with Joe about a lot is like Mookie Betts. Do you risk uh, getting a big payday by playing a sixty game season? What happens if you don't have your best year? What happens if you get into a slump? You could be in slumps for you know. 34 you could be in slums for 30 40 games you never know and that's that's the thing so yes and any of these free agents it's very it's very difficult to to play this season because you never know what what kind of season you're going to have and how that's going to impact your free agency yeah yeah and that's you know when think of the dodgers too like they're a team that just got mookie and they gave up you know alex verdugo who's one of their top um upcoming outfielders Jeter Downs, who was one of their top prospects. I mean, they didn't give up that much, but still. They did, still. But still, like, they wanted Mookie. They gave up something for Mookie, and they not even have him for, you know, already you only have him 60, but if he holds out it, and decides not to play, um, you know, that's that's a big blow. I know they got Price, too, but David Price and LA, I don't think it's going to work out very well. It, You know, so it's interesting, like, you know, and – it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm surprised. Well, I haven't heard much on, you know, if guys who's going to do this, do that or not. But I assume probably in the next, because they want to start next next week, a week from today, spring training, we'll find out. They, they said they're going to report and they agreed to the health and safety protocol. So it looks like it's, it's all go. But the question is, that, that none of these teams are probably going to train in their, in, in, at their spring training sites because Arizona and Florida right now are a mess in terms of, in terms of coronavirus cases. So they're, they're going to be, was training at their home stadiums. I, that, I can't see them, you know, training in Arizona and Florida. What's going to happen to the teams in Texas, Arizona, and Florida? What's going to happen to the teams where their cases are spiking? The cases are spiking up. Where are those teams going to play? That's going to be a big question with those teams. That's going to be a huge question going forward. Yeah, it is because you know you, you also got the NBA going down there soon with all you know with them. You already got all you know baseball is supposed to go to Florida and Texas or Florida and Arizona. It makes so much more sense for the Yankees and Mets to stay in New York. Um, They're going to stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, they did announce it. Like, it makes sense for a team just to stay because we saw the Phillies kind of had a spike, um, or not a spike. I mean, they they had a couple guys that came down with COVID. Uh, the Blue Jays did as well Friday, and I think the third team was the Nationals, I believe. I believe, and then Charlie Blackman um, tested positive, and he's one of the bigger stars in the game. So, you know. And I don't know where if he's back kind of in Colorado or what, but right now, it's 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 risky to send them all down because we're really seeing a big spike. Because I think Florida just passed a hundred thousand cases um the other day, so they're they they're having problems down there. And I heard I heard more it's towards kind of the Orlando area. I don't know how many teams are actually have their facilities down there. I heard it's kind of on that kind of coast is where they're getting hit the hardest. I don't know how many teams are around there, but... The Orlando area? 
Yeah, that's where I'm hearing. Oh. I hit the hardest. Oh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be, that's gonna really gonna work for the NBA. That's gonna be yeah. a problem. Yeah, can, yeah, that definitely will if that. Um, but we'll see. I think it's smarter for teams probably to stay in spring train er, in the, in I mean at their home stadiums. But you know, we'll see. I don't you know. Hopefully, not too many more of these cases pop up. But you know, you know, you don't know. Yeah. And Joe put up, yeah. And Joe put up this graphic on the screen about Charlie Blackman. He's pretty much the first big time player to get the coronavirus. I mean, you got members of the Phillies. I mean, the Blue Jays shut their site down. The Giants shut their site down. So you've seen, you've seen, you know, members of teams get, getting this. Charlie Blackman now testing positive. So I mean, yeah, everybody's so optimistic about sports coming back, but the coronavirus right now is still a big issue in our country. And it's still something that we need to be taking seriously. And this is something that could really impact these sports leagues. They might start, but you never know. They may, they may not end up finishing because of what's been going on with this virus. Yeah. And I think in definitely, and I think that's why the NHL was the smartest of not bringing out a hub city and just having 10 different locations. Um, I know they've been cutting it down, but I think that was kind of smart on the NHL's part. I know for baseball, it's kind of, different because um you kind of you know you need all 30 teams and you know all the you know it was easier for traveling all that but um i think you know that's kind of one of the flaws that mlb and nba has but about kind of low-key but i think baseball you know may definitely have to um move out because def um we're definitely seeing um spikes right now in a bunch of spots and it's yeah it's still such a huge part right now and you know i know everybody it's summer now and all that and nobody wants to be stuck inside but it's for the better of you know everyone else to staying healthy you know uh and hopefully we you know we find a vaccine later than late or sooner rather than later yeah, and, and obviously there's that potential, uh, the, the potential of the second wave, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that the that's big too because that definitely could easily affect the playoffs and it can affect all sports. So there's the second wave too. We got to think about as well. Yeah, definitely. And I know, I won't be saying yeah. They, they, they want to end right at November first, so they, you know, cut the season down at September 27, which is smart because I don't think you want to be playing in November, because. Um, that kind of gets to the time where even like flu season starts up, like that's kind of the time right where you want to end it. So it's good on that. And I know everybody want a longer season. It's just at this point, you kind of, you have to end it right at September 27th. Uh, just so you can play that month of October for the playoffs and hopefully, you know, get everybody back home and hopefully, you know, not have a huge spike in numbers. It's, you know, it, it's what MLB had to do. They couldn't play into November and ho- hope, for the best and hope every and you can't have the playoffs canceled because as we saw the new tv deal they would have lost like a billion dollars so that wouldn't you know, really hurt this hurt the sport as well money you know financially yeah exactly so two things we're gonna we're gonna talk about before we wrap up with baseball first the uh, schedule we'll talk about that a little bit and uh looking at the schedule it looks like they're gonna play 60 games 40 against team it looks like they're gonna be playing games against teams outside outside of their division or in their like when the interleague plays, like the NL East will play the NL East, the NL Central will play the N- the AL Central, the uh, AL West will play the NL West. So they they'll play their geographic opponents in interleague play, and they'll play uh, their they'll play their own teams in their division. It looks like ten they'll play each team in the division ten times, and then four games against teams 
an interleague play. Like the Yankees will play the Mets four times, the Phillies four times, the Nationals four times, the Braves four times, and the Marlins four times. So the weird thing is the Yankees will play the Mets more than they play the Astros this year. That's, that, that is a little weird to me. Mm. But seeing what's going on with the virus, I can understand that. I don't love that, but I understand the schedule and, and what's going on because of the virus. Yeah, it's, it's, it is what you have to do. It cuts down the travels. It cuts, you know, um, it kind of helps with tiebreakers. Um, for the interleague, I heard it was 20. I heard I was hearing something a little bit ago. It, the, um, the hearing is it sounds like it's going to be something like 2018 interleague schedule where the Yankees played the Mets six times. They played two teams from the NL East four times, and then they played – the other two teams in the NL East three times. That's what it sounds like they're going to try to make the schedule. Oh, okay. So they're not going to make it even. They're just going to make it a little bit like rivalry-based. Yeah. that's Geographically, based. that makes sense. Playing the Mets six times. Geographically, that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's what the, the hearing is. And, uh, and So they should not play the Marlins. They should only play the Marlins three times. Because yeah. geographically, and the Rays should play the Marlins six times. Mm-hmm. Like the Rays should play teams like the Mar like the Mar like the Rays should play the Marlins uh, six times and the Braves four times because geographically that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. So geographically they're they're picking matchups that make sense. I get it. Yeah, which is the right thing to do. The thing you have to do. And the interesting, you know, kind of um, with the schedule Tuli this year is baseball. Everybody says when you're off to a slow start in April is you know it's a marathon, not a sprint. This year it's a sprint, not a marathon. So which you know. It's going to be interesting. You can't get off this little start in 60 games. No. Uh, especially when you're playing all division. All, all these division games are going to matter because every game is really going to matter just in case that there is a tiebreaker, all these tiebreakers. And, you know, you're playing everybody. You know, like the Yankees got to take care of business against, you know, the bottom teams in their division. Um, but it, it's, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting what happens. Uh, you know, I it's they did do – you you had to do what you had to do with the schedule. I kind of disappointed we're not playing the Astros with everything going on, but it is what it is. You got to cut down the travel costs and all that. So it makes sense and it is what it is. And, you know, it's just what's going on right now. Yeah. And to wrap up the one big negative thing though, is, is this is really going to hurt labor negotiations going into the, going in, in the 2021 off season, because these sides couldn't agree on, couldn't agree on a deal. And, and, Manfred is forcing these players now to play a season. So this is really, really going to hurt the, 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 the relationship between the player association and the owners. And there very easily could be a strike uh, during the 2000 or a strike or a lockout during the 2022 season. Yeah. Um, you mean 2021? Cause I think the, the, no, the, no, it, it, it expires 2021. The end of 2021 expires. This, this, um... No, no, the off season after it expires. Yeah. Then um, we could also definitely then, um, I could definitely see it with the way that these two parties acted together that they couldn't come up with they couldn't come up with a deal in two months or whatever I I could I could definitely see it it's not a good thing you know again it's another obstacle major league baseball is gonna have to get over and you know you hope for not another another short season or a strike or a lockout but right now with the way the two parties kind of acted you you're really looking like it very possibly could happen. Oh, without question, without question. So we're going to shift our attention to the NFL. And on Monday, Dak Prescott signed his franchise tender of $31.4 million for the Dallas Cowboys. And the big question is now is because they're going to have till July 15th to get a deal done. Are they going to get a deal done? But the thing is, is the leverage I think is feels, I feel like is with Jerry and Steven Jones now. 
because they went out and signed Andy Dalton and Dak Prescott signed his franchise tender. So if they come up with a deal or not, he's going to play, he's going to play their quarterback in the two in 2020, regardless. And if you look at them adding CD lamb, they, if he doesn't have a good year this season, which I think he'll have a good year, but if he doesn't have a good year this year, there could be questions that his time in Dallas could be done. Cause I remember, I, I, you know, I do listen to all four downs. I listen to Trevor keys a little bit. And he said the same thing that they should not pay uh, Dak Prescott this season. Uh, all that, that, that 35 million that he wants. And it's definitely, it's definitely up in the air right now, knowing that, you know, he's owed 31 million this year and he's been a very good, he's been a decent, a good quarterback. He hasn't been a great quarterback. And now that the Cowboys got him more help and got him CD lamb in the draft, he's this year has to prove that he can win the division and maybe even win a, win a play, a playoff game or two to get, I would say at least one playoff game to to get that contract. Yeah. I'm again, I was a huge Dak fan in college. I was hoping, you know, his yeah, I remember that undefeated season in 2015. He yeah, had ran into Alabama and get absolutely. They did nothing offensively. And that was another big game. He could not do anything offensively against Alabama. But since his rookie season, he's six percent or his rookie season, he was six and six and three versus teams over 500. Since then, he's six and 17. And last year, he was one for six. And it's touchdown. He had 25. He has 25 touchdowns to 25 interceptions. So he's not been great in a big game. And he's really got to prove that he can win a big game. And one of, and I think the Cowboys do have some leverage with Andy Dalton now behind him. The only thing is, I'd worry about if the KC and Houston gets his deal done with their two quarterbacks, he's going to want their money. And if he wants their money, if I was Jerry, I'd just tell him to walk. I'd yeah, I'd be paying Dak Prescott $40 million, 30, I mean, $40 million. He's going to be nowhere. He's nowhere. He's nowhere worth what Mahomes should what Mahomes' money. He should not be getting Mahomes' money. But seeing he's the next guy up, $33 million, seeing Jared, Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff is, is averages 33 and a half million a year. Uh, Kirk Cousins averages 33 million a year. Those, you, those quarterbacks, you can argue Dak is better than, I mean, clearly you think he's better than, I think he's better than both, but you could argue Dak is better than both those quarterbacks. So I think 33 million a year, seeing the way quarterbacks getting paid now is reasonable, but as we know, he's barely a top 10 quarterback and there's no way you could put him in the top five. I mean, quarterbacks that are clearly better, clearly better than Dak Mahomes. He's, Wilson, Rogers, Lamar, Watson, even Brady and Breeze now. And I would go Wentz. I think Wentz is better. And I think Jimmy G's better. I think he's a better quarterback too. So that's nine right there. And then if you look at guys that 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 are on that are that are on that, that have potential to be top ten quarterbacks, like you know, Kyler Murray, uh, Sam Darnold, uh, even the two guys that were drafted this year, Tua and Joe Burrow, and even our even my, our guy, the Daniel Jones is he going to be a top 10 quarterback in the next two years? Because I think why he was a top 10 quarterback last year is Andrew Luck retired and Cam Newton, uh, Cam Newton has just struggled with injuries and Phillip Rivers fell off. So you're having like three quarterbacks, three quarterbacks who were top 10, those guys fell off. So Dak was able to slide in the top 10. But yeah, if you look at Dak Prescott, I think the guy is a good quarterback. I think he's good, but he needs guys around him to be, successful and to win a championship with yes he won that one playoff game against the seahawks but a big reason he won that playoff game is because ezekiel elliott and amari cooper had big games in that playoff game and if you saw Dak prescott in the 2018 season before amari cooper came he really struggled in, the, in that season and even in 2017 when ezekiel elliott got suspended he, he he continued to struggle too so i i think Dak is is a good quarterback but 
He's definitely not worth $35 million, but seeing the way quarterbacks are being paid today, seeing the way Jared Gosson pays, seeing the way Kirk Cousins has been paid, at, the, at this point, you may, you may just have to give him the $33 million. You may have to, but remember a month ago, he rejected, or a month or two ago, he rejected that five-year $175 million, which would have been $35 a year, and he rejected that. So that's where, I, you know, I'd be worried. Because, yeah, he, he's a good quarterback. He's a great quarterback when he's beating up on the teams that steam. Because we saw yeah. last year, he was, yeah, look at, he was an MVP against those guys. Yeah, look at those numbers against the Dolphins, the both Giants games, the Redskins. Look at his numbers against those teams. He, the Lions, he looked great. Yeah. But when he had to play the good teams, like last year, if you go through their season, when he had to make that one drive against the Saints to get them into field goal range, he couldn't get them in field goal range. They lost to the Packers. He threw three interceptions. Yes, and yes, in the loss against the Jets, he drove them down the field to tie the game, but he couldn't convert the two-point conversion, and they were behind the Jets all day. Who was that on? That you have to put that a little bit on the quarterback. The game against the Vikings, yes, bad play call by Jason Garrett. On, on on third and short, running the ball when they were when it was Ezekiel when they were shutting Ezekiel Elliott down all day. They didn't throw the ball when Dak took him right down the field, but still he didn't get it done there. You go you you go to the Patriot game, thirteen to nine, has the ball in his hands. Dak doesn't get it done there, and then and then you look at the uh, Philadelphia game. He couldn't get it done in that game either. So there were many times in clutch situations last year, Dak Prescott could not get the job done. And that's why he's he's not, you know, Russell Wilson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Lamar Jackson. But he is a guy, if you put the right pieces around him, that could give you a small chance to win a championship. I think he could give you not a great chance, but a small chance to win if you put the right pieces around him. So it, it, this is it's, it's a tough question. It's kind of like Kirk Cousins. He's, he's, I think he's similar to Kirk Cousins that do you pay him or not? There's no absolute definite there's not de it's not a definite that you would pay him that much money but he says he has shown good moments in the league where you would pay him yeah it, you know and that's a tough thing now you yeah with adding cd lamb you still got cooper like if you know he's got four really talented wide receivers now there's no reason why i'd say i'd say uh, i'd say three really talented offensive players i wouldn't put gallup in that conversation i get yeah all right yeah probably but you know um, so, you know, three town, but, you know, and Gallup's a little decent wide receiver too. With Elliott, there's no reason that this team should win, you know, should not win more than 11, 12 games. Like, uh, I'd say, I, I would say 10 because of, I, I th their offensive talent is good, but defensively they lost, they lost Byron Jones. They lost Robert Quinn. They lost some pieces on defense. So I would say, I'd say you'd have to win at least nine, 10 games. And that may win the division, you know, I think. Oh, it should. Yeah, I think it should. I think it should win this division. Yes. So, you know, we'll see. And then if he can win a playoff game or two, then sure. If he shows that he can win the big game, he can get you to a um, divisional round. Sure. Go, you know, and, and things look good. Sure. Pay him. But yeah, the Cowboys haven't been out of the divisional round since 1995. He gets up to the NFC championship game. He's getting, he might even get 40 million just because of, of where the Cowboys, what the Cowboys have been for the last 25 years. Yeah, yeah, it's been such a surprise, you know. The, well, I get not with Jerry Jones and at, at the head, but if he can get him the NFC Championship in trouble, I I think all the Cowboys fans will be all you know be loving Dak Prescott and giving him whatever he wants. And I may say, but I heard his franchise tag next year, if they want to franchise tag him again next year, could spike all the way up to thirty-eight million, right around there. So you're and what you brought up Kirk Cousins. This seems like just like that Kirk Cousins situation where now he's making um he's got that now two year, sixty eight million dollar extension. 
So he's kind of right in that Kirk Cousins situation of what, you know, what do you want to do with him? With Dalton, who knows? But, you know, this is a big year for Dak. He better kind of step up and show and win some big games. Because he did it his rookie year. He's 6-3. and three, So he can do it, but can he do it now consistently? And they gave him another offensive weapon, which he really didn't even. Yeah, need. I mean, they, they, but they, they passed on a corner. They, but they passed on a corner to get him uh, that other weapon. Because I was thinking in the draft, what are the Cowboys going to do? And I remember when, uh, when the top, when CJ Henderson, when the Jacks took CJ Henderson, and there wasn't really another corner that was on Henderson or Okuda's level, and because they lost Byron Jones, the free agency to the Dolphins, I thought when they didn't have a corner, you know, on that level, I kind of was feeling like. Where, where are they going to go here? They didn't go with Xavier McKinney, so they decided to to take the best player available, and that was C.D. Lamb. And that could turn out to be a, a great pick because this offense could be could be really explosive. But if Dak isn't, if Dak doesn't have a big year, there it depends on what happens on July fifteenth. If the Cowboys might end up paying him on July fifteenth, but if he doesn't have a big year, he the Cowboys might end up letting him walk. Who would have thought that could happen? Yeah. I, and if he does, I'd be a fan. Or, well, not a fan, but I, I would be in agreement with the Cowboys to let him walk. Dolan's not a great starter, but he gets the job done. I know. Uh, 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 when he has some, when he has pieces around him in the playoffs, the guy's a complete yeah, disaster. I mean, it's not a comparison. I mean, you can't compare Dak and Dalton right yeah, now. No, Dak is no, clearly no. much better than Dalton. Yeah. But yeah, Dalton can get it done in the regular season when he has pieces around him. But you saw when they lost all those pieces yeah. in Cincinnati, he wasn't winning more than six games a year. No, no and they, they stunk. But you know, he'd be a you know, he'd be a guy. You know, sorry that you know could get you to the playoffs and then not much else after that. But um, you know, there there is some pressure in that. He bet you know, and I, I you know, I'd be in Dallas should win this division with the weapons that they got, the pieces they have, and. You know, it, it just – it really gets me worried that he rejected the five-year 175 because also that was a month ago. So we're already in this. The salary caps could go down too. So they may not – you know, like who knows how much money they, you know, they could offer him next, next year. Yeah, like that's why I assume Watson's and Mahomes' deals are going to get done. Is this able to pay him now? Because, you know, who knows what your salary cap's going to be if there's no fans next year or if you have a shortened season. So that's why I kind of tr- – surprised me that Dak did you know decline that because you know I would think you would want the money now but I you know if he wants more than 35 at this moment it's it's gonna happen oh no 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 I mean it, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what he what ends up happening on July 15th I mean what the Cowboys end up doing this has been a stalemate that's been going on for a year or two now do they end it and end up paying him that and and, and make him their guy or do do they just they 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 let him play that play it out, play uh, for the franchise tag this year and see what ends up happening? So that's just going to be really interesting to see what ends up happening with Dak. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you hope for the best because you know, uh, he's a great guy. Seems like off the field, you know, and you know, you're for the guy, but you know, hopefully, hopefully this year maybe he can lead Dallas back to the NFC Championship game. Listen. I, I just can't ever see the Cowboys ever getting to an NFC championship yeah, game. I, I don't care. I yeah. As long as Jerry Jones is running the Dallas Cowboys, I do not see them playing in an NFC championship game. So we'll transition from one current Cowboy to one player that wants to be traded to the Cowboys. And that is Jamal Adams. And he, he on Thursday said he wanted out of New York 
does not trust the Jets organization, does not he does not want to be a Jet. He just, he, I mean, he he's been promised by the Jets that they would they would sign an extension with. They talk about an extension with them. They haven't talked about that yet. So right now he he does he does not want to be a Jet. And uh, this this the uh, and if you look at Jamal Adams, the three years of production, he's he's one. I think, in my opinion, he's it's, it's arguable between uh, Kevin Byard, uh, uh, Harrison Smith, Derwin James. But in my opinion, I think he is he is the best safety in the NFL. I mean, the guy can he's great against the run. He is the best blitzing safety in the NFL. As Giant fans know, that one play where he just took the ball away. I remember, you know, third quarter last year against the Giants. You know, he had one sack earlier in the game. Then third quarter, he came in and and just stole the ball from Daniel Jones and ran in for the – came in the blitz, stole the ball from Daniel Jones. I mean, blew by Saquon, stole the ball from Daniel Jones, took it in for the touchdown. He best blitzing safety in the NFL. And he can cover too. He's great covering the tight ends as well. So he can cover, he can stop the run, and he can blitz. He could do everything. And if you're the Jets, I think this is is why the Jets are – and, and we'll see what happens with Joe Douglas. This is why the Jets have been a bad organization for years. Because you have a player like this, and you don't even and you and 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 you could potentially lose him, and you don't and you don't even want get him to want to be a part of your team. That just shows you this organization why this Jets organization is just is just a poor poorly ran organization. You feel bad for a guy like Sam Darnold who could have a chance to be a very good quarterback, but how is he going to overcome this kind of organizational dysfunction and? being a jet, but we'll go back to Jamal Adams. So yeah, he, he, he wants out of there and his uh, preferred destinations right now are the, uh, the cow, obviously the Cowboys are number, are number one for him. He, he wants to be a cowboy he grew up in Texas, grew up in the Dallas area, but Kansas city is also a destination. You've got uh Baltimore, Seattle, San Francisco, Eagles, and Texans. So and I think the best odds right now to get him. the best odds still are to stay with the jets because the jets do not intend on trading him. Uh, the Cowboys, definitely the second best odds. And the third best are the Texans, just because of their dire need for a safety. Um, now, I'm against you here. I think Jamal Adams is very mature. You got three years left on your contract. Now, if I'm the Jets, he's only making $3.6 million this year. I tell him to sit out if you want. Go ahead. Go sit. It's $3.6 million. You can eat. Yeah, the Jets can yeah but you could sit here and say Jamal Adams is being immature. But he's tired of losing. He's tired of being in an organization he doesn't trust. And, he, and this is the new millennial generation where – and LeBron James started this in the NBA a decade ago. You saw this with Jalen Ramsey with the Jaguars earlier this year. If you don't trust the organization, you want out of there. And I don't blame Jamal Adams. I, I, listen, I don't want him going to the Cowboys or the Eagles at all. I'll be, I'll be really mad at the Jets if, if he goes to the Cowboys or the Eagles. But but you can't blame Jamal Adams for wanting to be out of. I know the Jets have a have a chance to be to be a winning team because they have a potential franchise quarterback at Sam Darnold. But Jamal Adams just doesn't trust this organization, and you can't blame a guy for not being able to trust an organization, which really has proven outside of those years with Rex Ryan in 09 and 010, and they, and they were decent in the Herm Edwards days with Chad Pennington, has just not been a good organization at all. And and you can't blame Jamal Adams for that. Yes, he's being a little immature. I think he's a little dumb knowing what des- team he wants to play for. I mean, he's, he wants to play with his number, one desti- his number one destination is Dallas. Yes, he wants to come home. But in terms of if he wants to get that ring, that number one destination would be Kansas City or Baltimore. Because mm-hmm. let me tell you, if I want a ring, I'd rather go to Kansas City or Baltimore much, 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 much more than I'd rather want to go to the Dallas Cowboys. Because, you know, playing in Dallas, and we've, we've talked about this, you're probably not playing 
in an NFC championship game. So, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but I can't blame Jamal Adams for being immature and wanting out of an organization that has been losing and has been losing consistently for the last decade. I know that Jets have stonky and they've won one Super Bowl, and that was what? But they've won. Yeah, 1968 with Joe Namath. Yeah. yeah so, Super Bowl three over the Baltimore Colts. Yeah. So, 52 years ago. So, or 53. Yeah. Like it, you know, so I, under, I understand it's been a terrible organization. And the thing is, this is not the time when you want a contract extension. And we're, it's kind of like baseball. You want a contract extension, but everybody else in the country, you know, like millions of people right now are out of a job. And you want, and this is the other point, he wants $20 million. No, no, that's not true. That is not true. That's not true. That's not okay, true. Yeah. I, I listened to Mike Fisher, a report from Mike Fisher. That's not true that he wants $20 million. I think he wants over $15 million. I'll, g- I'll give you that. But he doesn't want over twenty. I think $20 million for a safety is absolutely ridiculous. I don't care how good the safety is. But say he wants $15, 16000000 million, the Jets should definitely, should definitely sign him. Yeah, because I was about to say the $20 million for a safety, that's, that's – you, know, that you know who the highest paid safety is right now? It's, it's Eddie uh, Jackson. It's Eddie uh, Jackson making $14.6 yeah, so twenty. Yeah, okay. That yeah, I was hearing uh, somebody on the Michael Taylor the other day came on and was saying, you know, he wanted twenty. I know, but I think he wants to be the highest paid Jet defensive guy, which is CJ Mosley right now at seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah, he probably wants maybe eighteen, which is still a lot for a safety. That's, that's a lot. For and the team. thing about the Jets is they got two horrific contracts. CJ Mosley played played two games last year. He's getting paid seventeen million, and the Le'Veon Bell contract is the worst. I mean, four years, fifty-two million. I mean, that, that contract was, was horrendous. And that's why they couldn't trade him this year because nobody wanted that contract. His production was way off of what it was at Pittsburgh. So, yeah, the Jets have two terrible contracts right now. I mean, Mosley's not as bad as Bell, but still, two bad contracts. And do they want to pay Adams $18 million? Because the safety in the NFL is not making close to that amount of money. Yeah, they're not. And, you know, it, yeah. And you also got Sam Darnold coming up in a couple of years. And look, he could be a mediocre quarterback, but he still could be getting $35 million. So, yeah, because um, the Jets believe in him so much. Yeah. So and I do too. Listen, I'm a Sam, you can ask Joe. I'm as big of a Sam Darnold guy as anyone. I wanted the Giants to oh, draft him. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the Jets might even pay him, even if he isn't even that great. Yeah. So, they, they, that, that's, the, that's the problem here. And, and knowing the Jets, that they definitely could go out and go give. Sam Darnold, a contract that's probably a little bit too overpriced for him. I, you know, again, for Adams, I just, I don't like the move. At this time, you still got three years left. I heard the Jets, too, in the organization. They don't even care about this right now. This is, like, way down on their to-do list. So, uh, this is even Well, it better be up on their to-do list because this is their best player on the team right now. And if you let him, you trade him. It better be for a number, at least at least a number one. You better get a number one for him because he's the top safety in football. And if you trade him, that is, that is a terrible trade and a terrible look on your organization. It, it is. It, Especially it, for a new GM like Joe Douglas. Yeah. That's got to yeah, prove something, prove, you know, that they can get something going in an AFC East that's kind of wide open. I know the Bills are going to be good, but the AFC East is kind of open. Oh, it's yeah, very right. wide. It's it's very wide open. I mean, so, the Bills the Bills are the favorite, but they don't have a great quarterback yeah. in Josh Allen. The Jets have an up and coming quarterback in Sam Darnold. Uh, we know the Dolphins. They're going to be. I mean, do you know who the quarterback's going to be? If it's going to be if it's going to be two or Fitzpatrick and the Patriots, we all know what happened with them. Mm-hmm. So you know who who knows? Like the Jets could come out and win nineteen games. I'm not. I don't think it's going to happen, but it possibly could. And who knows? It's you know. And of course, he just wants to go to a team that's already ready built, and he can just kind of go win. He's kind of a guy I ra- he'd rather be kind of 
the second he rather he doesn't I it seems like too he wants he doesn't want to kind of be the face of the franchise he rather kind of go to a place where he does you know he doesn't have to be the star he rather kind of that's kind of what it's because he just wants to go to contender that's kind of what I yeah yeah the bottom line is he wants a contract and he wants to win and we look at his six destinations and I think and I ranked him from one to seven number one I'm definitely saying the Kansas City Chiefs, defending Super Bowl champs, and you get to play alongside Tyron Matthew, who's a top 10 safety in this, still a top 10 safety in this league. So you and Tyron Matthew can play to de- together. Number two, the Baltimore Ravens. You know, they, they, they're one of the best teams in football, and you get to play alongside Earl Thomas. Yes, Earl Thomas is not the player he once was in Seattle, but he's still a good safety. Uh, number three, I'd say the Seattle Seahawks, because I just think they're they're one of the top teams in the NFC. I, I mean, that's that's what that's his third destination. That's one of his destinations. I'd rank that number three because Quandre Diggs is decent, and that team needs a strong safety that can stop the run. He would be big. Or they need a strong safety that can stop the run and uh, cover the tight end. So that would be big. I and mean, then we got George Kittle in that division. So that would that would be that would be big for Seattle. Also, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Ward's a pretty good safety, but they also, Javaski Tart is not that good, and they need a safety that could, that, that could play the run as well. The Niners, the one weakness of their defense was their run defense, as you saw on that, last, the, on that last drive in the Super Bowl. They couldn't stop Damian Williams, and that was game over. So they would need to have a, a safety that could stop the run and cover the tight end. I think he'd be, that, that was my fourth-ranked team, would be the 49ers. Fifth, it was tough between the Eagles and Cowboys. But if I'm Jamal Adams, I trust the coach that has won a Super Bowl before, not a team that can't get to the division, can't get out of the division around, which the Cowboys haven't in 25 years. I'll trust that coach, Doug Peterson, and I'll go there. And the Eagles are in dire need of a safety because uh, Jalen Mills is a converted corner, and Jamal Adams would be a major upgrade at strong safety than, than over Jalen Mills. Number six, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, that would be a huge upgrade over Xavier Rhodes, Xavier Woods, who is not good at all at strong safety. And he's obviously from the Dallas area, and that's his number one destination. And then number seven, you go with the Houston Texans. He would obviously be a major upgrade over Justin Justin Reed or Eric Murray. And he would stay in Texas, too. But that organization's a mess, seeing what happened with seeing what Bill O'Brien's been doing to them, trading DeAndre Hopkins. So those are my – that's how I rank all seven of the destinations. But – we all know he wants to play for the Dallas Cowboys. He's from the Dallas area. I don't think that's the smartest place, the smartest decision for him because it's be- the better chance for him to get that ring would be in Baltimore or Kansas City or Seattle. Yeah, and, you know, this, this is probably just me, but, you know, I'd probably just trade him to Cleveland or Jacksonville. They gave me something for it. Or I'd trade him to Jacksonville or Cincinnati. It's like, here. I'd <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. I'd trade him there. I would not give him – I would not give him – would not give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, but, you know, I, I agree with you on those, you know, those ranked teams. You know, um, I just – again, the 12 sacks, too, is just impre- you know, impressive. In two years, that 12 sacks – Yeah, I mean, he's, 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 year, he's old. You know. Yeah, he's only the second player to have uh, 200 tackles, 10 sacks, and 25 pass breakups in his first uh, three seasons in the NFL. You know who that other player is? I'm going to stop you on this one. Yeah, I know. He's pretty good. He's, he's, he plays in Houston. He's pretty good. J- no. Yeah, JJ. JJ. JJ Watt. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. So, yeah. So, he's so the guy's an outstanding player, and – if you're the Jets, this is your this is I mean yes he he's your cornerstone Sam Darnold's your cornerstone cornerstone on offense Jamal Adams is your cornerstone on defense I know he said his goodbyes to his teammates so there could be a little bit of toxicity there but still I just I just don't think you can be able to really trade this guy 
No, not right. Now. You know, if you, you, I, I don't think you can. I think you would, because you need a lot. I know, you know, they're, you know, you definitely want a first round. I may want two first rounders. You want to trade them this off season? I mean, two is a little too much. I mean, I'd say maybe a first and a third. That's what I would go. I would because two is too much for any. I don't care how good the the safety is. I don't care how good the player is. Two is way too much for a safety. Two first rounders. One you ha- is required, and then maybe a second or third round pick too. Me, I you know for like oh the Giants traded back. Um, it was a, a first and a third. Maybe that would be reasonable. Because you know you still get three years of them before you even have to pay them another. You know before you have to extend them. It's still a lot of time. I, it's just yeah I, you know if I was a Jets I just you know I'd let them sit this year because I think next year he makes nine point six and that's when you kind of want to go all right. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to just waste nine, nine, nine over nine million dollars. He's a, you know, I, you know, and I understand why he wants to leave the Jets and all that. It just doesn't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just saw, I just, I just, I just saw Joe's a comment. He's, he's right. The, the Jets are, are a poor team. They're lucky to have a player like Jamal Adams. They really should just, yeah, they really should just pray him. And I completely agree with Joe there. He said the same thing on Keys to the City on Sunday. I mean, you you, you, you got to pay the man. Yeah, I know he doesn't play a premium position. You're giving uh, a non-premium position premium money. But still, he's that good where you have to pay him. Yeah, he is. And, and you know, it's just, you kind of, because I just think the problem the Jets could probably, you know, could run into because I think, you know, if it's $17, $18 million, I'd definitely do it. If it's more than that, I'd say, all right, you know, no. Because the thing is, you already have Mosley 17. You're going to have to pay Darnold 35 or more. So th- those two guys already you're going to be giving $70 million to. That's the only thing. I know Mosley's contract will be almost up by then. So you could possibly get rid of him, maybe. I just – the Jets could kind of run into some trouble, I think, because – you know, giving all those guys, a, you know, all that money. I mean, eventually you could probably be able to cut. If Mosley can't stay healthy and yeah. Be- and Bell uh, continues yeah. to play the way he has, you can eventually cut those two guys, cut those two guys loose. I mean, I just think this is a cornerstone player. You have to sign him. Uh, as Joe said, you, you have to give him the money he needs because they're lucky to have a guy like that on their team. Yeah, you know, it was, just, you know, they – one big in that with that pick for him because to have a safety that's able to, you know, already have 12 career sacks in two years. Um, now I just, he's a guy you definitely need to keep around. And I think he's a guy too. If the Jets do lose him, uh, there's not going to be a lot of happy fans. And, and, you know, and we already know the Jets already have a lot of, you know, losing the last, you know, since, since, uh, what, 1968. They haven't really done anything. You know, I mean, let's, let's go. Let's go to the recent history. They've they've not had a they've not had a winning season since 2010. They've pretty much they've never won more than eight games. I mean, they won eight games in 2011 and 2013, but they haven't had a winning. Se- no, no, no. I'll go. The, the, my bad. 2015. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2010. 2015. They had a winning season. That, that year where they they barely missed they missed the playoffs. They lost that last game of the year to the Bills. They went 10 and six. But yeah, they have not been to the playoffs since 2010 in almost a decade. That's Nine years in a row, they've been out of the playoffs, and then you trade your best player. That is really, really going to upset your fan base. Yeah, and, you know, Joey Douglas, man, you know, I know he's new, but that will not uh, help his chances to stay long-term. Not not at all, not at all. So we're going to talk a little bit of NBA, and today was the uh, the deadline it to, for players to uh, 
opt, opt not to go to Orlando and not have any repercussions from it and uh you saw uh that avery bradley chose not to go to orlando there was a guy in the wizards who chose not to go to orlando as well and then uh uh, uh trevor reza might not go to orlando too and uh as we learned yesterday uh one of the best players in the league uh nicole uh nicole Jokic came down with the uh ended up testing positive for COVID 19. so this is a very risky thing with the, with the NBA playing in Orlando. I think this is really risky, knowing how high the coronavirus, uh, knowing how high the, high the spike of the coronavirus has been. Adam Silver might have to look for another city, or even just do what baseball is doing and play play the games in the homes, play them in the home cities without play the game in the home cities without fans. Because I don't know how bad this could turn out to, to how turn out to be if all these players end up uh, going to this bubble in Orlando. Yeah, because I know they're gonna have the wristbands and they're gonna monitor everything. And I know, look, they can't and they can't force the players either to actually stay in the bubble. You can't force you can't force LeBron James to stay in the bubble. If he wants to go out and go explore in Orlando, he's gonna do it. I know they're gonna have a hotline if somebody does leave, but come on, are they actually gonna bust LeBron James? And you know, I'm just saying, it, would they they wouldn't go out and you know. Go, yeah, yeah, I'll do anything to LeBron James if he decided to go walk around Orlando for a bit. So I think there's definitely a chance guys are going to uh, sneak out and go tour Orlando if they have a chance. It is, it is risky with everything going on. It, you know, I think he definitely may have, you know, I think, and the thing is, I'm surprised they maybe haven't thought about a second plan, another plan yet. I'm so, you know, because you would think, you would think, when they kind of announced Orlando, they kind of had a backup idea just in case that something like this did happen. But we haven't really heard that so far with Jokic getting it. Now, I guess the thing is, you would rather... Now, you don't want anybody getting COVID, of course, but you would probably rather have it start now when not everybody's together yet than in a month when now, you know, when everybody's starting to get together and you're about to play. So I think for the NBA... You don't want anybody to get it, but this is probably the time for NBA for all these sports guys to get it now, so that they could play. You know, it's out of their system, and they could play in a month. It is risky, but you know, again, then you get, you know, and then everybody's not going to be happy that you canceled the season. Um, it was, you know, I did like the idea that they let the players opt it out. Um, there's the deadline was today. I think even today or yesterday was the day you could start. Um, signing free agents as well. Um, it, it is risky. I kind of do like the wristband idea to kind of monitor everybody. And I even heard some, you know, like some of the staffs, because again, you got like guys like Gert Popovich, you have coaches that are older and probably, you know, um, front office guys that are older and are more prone to, you know, having worse, you know, becoming more sick than some of these guys that are just asymptomatic and are, you know, don't even have symptoms. So you do kind of have to worry about that too, because you don't want anybody getting really, really sick. You know, it it's it's risky, but you know, it, it it's a tough decision. You know. Oh, absolutely, oh, absolutely. And I mean, I think it's I think it's so risky because I think there's going to be players that are going to come down with the virus while they're down there because or Florida is a disaster right now. It's an absolute disaster with with, with the spike in COVID, and and I just can't see. And there, you might have big time players that might end up getting this virus. And this, and Silver's—he's done a great job as a commissioner, but he's going to come under heat if you know 
teams don't have a big time player or, or the whole, a lot of the other players on one team get the virus, he's going to come down with a lot of heat for, for, for picking Orlando, seeing what's going on in that area right now. I mean, yes, there aren't that many players who have chose to go. I mean, there's a couple, but as you're going to see, if a lot of players end up coming down, they might have to end up sh- coming down with COVID-19. They might have to end up shutting this thing down in Orlando. Yeah. And that would be pretty problematic for the NBA. And, you know, I'm just shocked there had not when he kind of came out with Orlando, but here's kind of our backup plan, just in case if there is a spike, he, you know, like I, now it's, you know, well, I'm hearing what Joe's got kind of on the bottom line. They're closely monitoring. So I assume they're trying to figure out other options right now. I would hope they're trying to figure out other options, but yeah, like if somebody like LeBron gets COVID, spends spreads it to, um, you know, Anthony Davis, it, again, it could cause it, you know, yeah. Then, you know, then you hope, you know, you hope they're just, you know, they don't really even have the symptoms and all that. But, yes, and, but then if they spread it to, you know, an older um, – somebody older kind of in the front office or something, it, it could be really problematic. And then the NBA gets kind of – they get really in trouble. And some, you know, because you're right. Adam Silver has really done a great job as commissioner. Um, he's pushed all the right buttons pretty much. He's, you know, um, global by the game of basketball. Or he's done it, you know, to um, – you know, the TV wise with the contract that they get um, is insane. But yeah, you know, this could be a little problem if he ends up, somebody ends up here, you know, getting really sick or something with all the cases Orlando, the Florida area has got right now. Absolutely. And, and we'll continue to, you know, talk about this every week until they, until they start. I and mean, we're just going to continue to talk about this and we'll see what ends up happening in this situation. Do, do they move to another site or do they continue to play in Orlando? We'll see what ends up happening. But we're going to wrap up the show talking about the biggest sporting event to come to Connecticut every year. And as the Travelers Championship at the TPC Highlands, and it's, it's always a fun event. I've been there. I've been there a couple times. I've, I've, I've been around it. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun event. It's just fun. It's fun to watch. I mean, yes, it's golf. It's not the, the greatest sport, but it's, 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 it's kind of an older sport, a sport for older people, but still it's a fun event. It's a, they have a lot of, the fun things there during the week. Obviously, there won't be any of that this week because of COVID nineteen, and you really can't. There won't be any fans to it. But still, one of the best sporting events to come to the Connecticut. And oh, we'll look through the odds of the Travelers. The the uh, favorite right now is uh, Roy McIlroy at twelve to one. Um, Justin Thomas is at fourteen to one. Brooks Kepka uh, twenty to one. Uh, Webb Simpson twenty to one. Patrick Cantley twenty five to one. Dustin Johnson twenty eight to one. Uh, Justin Rose, 28 to one, the King of the Travelers, Bubba Watson, the champion in 2010, 2015 and 2018, uh, 33 to one, uh, Jordan Smith, who won in 2017, 40 to one. And then the defending champion last year, uh, Chas Reeve, 100 to one. So it should be an interesting week. And even though, uh, bubble, we've got some good guys coming. I mean, we got Roy, Matt, we got Roy coming. We got Justin Thomas coming. We got Brooks Kepka. We got uh, Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, Jordan Speed, Bubba Watson. Big, a lot of good players playing this week this weekend in Cromwell. Um, and I actually just heard some breaking news. Brooke Hepto actually just um, withdrew because his caddy actually just tested positive for COVID. So oh wow wow not, wow um, wow Brooks won't be there. Okay yeah, okay. So, um, Brooks is out, I guess. Nobody else at the moment I've seen, but just um, Brooks Kepta. Kepta. Um, but and Phil is even going to be there. Mickelson. Oh, Mickelson. What's it? Oh, wow. He'll be there too. He'll be there too. I know the, the rumor was Tiger was thinking about it, but no, no Tiger. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. But yeah, it's always the exciting event around here. I usually, you know, I'll usually just watch Sundays, 
You know, I'll just watch kind of the end of Sunday. It's- same, same with me. Same with me with a lot of golf tournaments. I'll watch Sunday, but not really. I, I, that's the thing with me. I'll watch majors on Sunday, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that, you know, yeah, I'm not, you know, not really, not the big, you know, yeah, I'm not the biggest golf. I don't know. Just not, not action, you know, for me. Not enough happens for me, but it's going to be, you know, I think it's like people are saying that this is like the best field that they've ever had. Now with, you know, the last three months being canceled, probably all these golfers want to get out there. So it's a really good field this year. There's a lot of really good players. Um, I can't believe, you know, Bubba's been the king. I can't believe he's been that far down, but I guess he's not been playing well. Um, I know. Yeah, but he, but let's don't count him out in this tournament. You know how well he plays in this tournament. Yeah, he, he plays really well. Because um, I actually, I still think he's going to win it. I know his odds are down there. I think he, you know, I know he's been the king of that course lately. So I got him winning it. But, um, you know, it's always a fun event around here. It's a, you know, um, you know, from my house, I could always see the blimp. Like, I oh yeah, because because you, you live in Rocky Hills, so you live close yeah, to they not, play. It's, you know, it's only a couple miles around, so I could kind of see the blimps all you know um, flying around. Um, but it, it's a really cool event. I haven't gotten to go. I had tickets one year, but I think it had to work, so I, I haven't been able to go yet. Definitely on the bucket list. Hopefully next year maybe. But um, you know, it's it's such a huge sporting event for the state of Connecticut. Cause, yeah, we don't really have. A, Proteins or any, or anything. So, yeah. I mean, we got the Arco. We got the Arcos now, but this with obviously this is this is a huge. This is the biggest event because it's a pro sporting event. You got it right. You got that right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's fun. It stinks that you know you can't. Of course, with the times, you can't have fans. Of course, kind of stinks. But you know, at least it's still on. Yeah. At least they're still playing here. You know, at least they're still going to be there. And um, it's always a great event to you know kind of um, like a have a. PGA, you know, event, literally, you know, golf course, literally, in our state, you know, I guess. Cool. It's a cool week. Oh, it is. It is. It, it is. It is nice to have. Yeah, it's absolutely nice to have that. Yeah, it's it's golf. It's not one of the four major sports. It's not baseball. It's not, you know, basketball, football, uh, hockey. Yes, we still have the Whalers, but uh, they've been gone for years. But, yeah, it's not one of the four major sports, but it is great to have an event like this in our state. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't tell Matt Kelman hockey's in the top four. Um, but okay. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it should you know it's always a fun weekend, and um, you know it, it should be a good another good one with the field that they have coming in. It should should be a fun one. It thinks Kepta's not gonna be there because he's one of the best right now, but um, it's good that you know he's withdrawn now. Hopefully, you know, so hopefully nobody else has it. Um, we already saw one player a couple weeks ago get it, so hopefully that's it. But um, should be another fun weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's going to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with R and J for my for my co-host Justin D'Afrio. I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week recapping the Travelers Championship and bringing you any sports news that comes our way. Have a great weekend, everybody.